Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, the Punisher trailer has officially arrived. The first official full-length trailer is here. Um, other things. Thor Ragnarok tickets are on sale, and it is on track to open over $100 million. And familiar faces will be returning in the Punisher and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Woo! All that after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Oh, Jeff. It's been a, uh, been a good been couple a weeks. Bit. been a good couple weeks, but we have not been casting in two weeks, so we've got a lot of news to catch up on, got a lot of feedback to catch up on. Um, how's life? Life is, life is coming at me, man. It's nonstop from what, I, from what I'm seeing, but, um... You know, other stuff outside of my life doesn't stop, and I'm glad because being able to just, like, when I pick my head up and there's a Punisher trailer, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Yeah, man. Escapism at its finest. Right? Um, (laughs) You can bury yourself in good old uh, Frank Castle's problems and realize yours aren't so bad. Um, it's true. Yeah, man. That just let's let's off the top, man. We're we're gonna we're gonna do a trailer breakdown tomorrow. But what did you think of that Punisher trailer? Oh my god, dude! I am so unbelievably ready for this series, and we don't even know when it's coming out yet. There's there's talk that we might, um, based on some news that uh, that showed up recently, where. Uh, the episode, or not the episode, the most recent issue of Total Film actually said that um, the Punisher will start October 13th. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? October, <laughs> October. 13th, wow. That's way too soon. That's real I'm soon. not ready. I'm I mean, so I am ready. ready. I'm so ready. October, so you know, I've been working on this album, uh, which has been occupying a lot of my time. <clears throat> but I should be completely done, and it's going to be in the mixing process during that time period. So I'm going to have like so much time off, so we could do so many good Punisher episodes. <laughs> yeah, we can. I can dive into that Punisher. Yeah, I've got um, like a week of PTO. Wow, October. That, that'd be crazy. <laughs> I still think they're probably going to drop in November, but I don't know. It's I, I always thought it was a little strange that it's going to be so close to Thor Ragnarok, but I don't know. I don't know. My, like, there was a director earlier in the year that said that his stuff, because uh, he, like, he directed an episode mm-hmm. of, um, of The Punisher and said that his stuff is going to come out in November, but then, like, Thor Ragnarok comes out November 3rd, and then something that we have to consider is that Justice League comes out November, uh, what is it, 17th? Oh, uh, well, then they're going to put it up against Justice League. <laughs> So they've, been, they've done that like three or four different these Netflix series where they they drop it like the week before, so that like people are still binging it. and They're like, I don't know if I want to leave the house. It's like a really, it's a really uh, sideways way of swiping at uh, DC. I think that would be really funny because like one of the things that I thought of is that. Um, uh, Veterans Day is November 11th, oh, but it's yeah. being observed for kids and you know schools and and uh, businesses on November 10th, oh, that's which it, is a man. Friday. Drop it on Veterans Day. That's perfect, right? For the drop the Punisher on Veterans Day. How much more poetic can it be? It can't be. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, also, you get the 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 greatness of you have the uh, Thanksgiving holidays right in there. 
Yep. Which I think a lot of people are going to be home looking for something to watch. And, you know, this is a show you could probably sit down and watch with your dad, you know? Like, yeah. It's just, not with the kids, though. Yeah, not with the kids. But for, for, us, <laughs> for us, us older folks that we're adults and we've got parents that we're going to see or whatever, you could sit down and watch The Punisher with your dad. And, yeah. and they're going to, and they're going to get into it. It, it reminds me of old school, like Death Wish and stuff like that, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> Um, really, really uh, this, cool. And this trailer is one that, like, you go ahead and send it to your dad. Like, go ahead and send the trailer to your your parent that you're going to be watching it with, so that they can like mentally prepare themselves <laughs> for it. Because, um, like, when the drums came in at the same time as the gunfire, yeah, in the trailer, I oh my god, I I lost it. I lost it. Like the Metallica synced up with gunfire. It's just yes, it's so perfect. And like. When the when the first guitar lick it like went off and it was like oh my god they're using Metallica like oh they're going for it and I oh god I I cannot contain myself on how amazing this trailer is and it's a two minute two and a half minute trailer and I'm just gone like a fangirl yeah I'm with you it looks awesome it does it looks so good and you know what's really exciting uh, did you ever like did you ever watch the Amazing Spider Man series like back in the nineties. Or, um, like, when Punisher showed up in there? Or did you ever, yeah, yeah, you ever read some of the Punisher? Yeah, for um, sure. The, his battle van is going to be making an appearance in the series. That's awesome. His battle van is going to be a thing. Also going to be making an appearance in the series, Turk Barrett. Yay, Turk. Of Turk course. Barrett. <laughs> he, he, I, you know, it's funny. Claire probably won't appear in this series, uh, which means, is Turk now the one who's going to be in all the series? <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it. As it was Turk in, like, in both... Uh, was he in Jessica Jones? Yes. And Iron yeah. Fist? I, can't, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I, oh, God. I yeah, think he was. He definitely was in Jessica Jones. <clears throat> I, I, up to the IMDb. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, What's uh, the guy's name? Turk Barrett. Still really cool. It's still really, really cool that he is. Uh, he's going to be in all the shows. And the Battle Van. That sounds super awesome. It does. I'm real excited about that. I I said I have read Punisher, and I have seen him driving a van, but I've never really uh, watched him. I've never really read much where he used the battle van as a battle van, but it just reminds me of the Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny, because so much of uh, Daredevil has reminded me of Ninja Turtles, and Iron Fist as well, because of the hand and the foot. Uh, But, yeah, it's funny that even this is going to remind me a little bit of the Ninja Turtles. I hope it throws pizzas. <laughs> it doesn't. It definitely does not. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, no, it doesn't look like he was in uh, Jessica Jones okay. or Iron Fist. So, uh, we, don't, we, we still don't have any crossover characters in all of them. Unless Claire does show up, which she may. I doubt it, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, oh, speaking of Jessica Jones, uh, season two has actually wrapped filming as of uh, a couple awesome. of weeks ago, or no, earlier this week, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, as of nine fifteen. Wow. So wow. yeah, that's going to be our next one that's after crazy. the Punisher. It's going to be Jessica Jones season two, that's awesome. and then Luke Cage season two. Um, we might get a third season next year if if people. It's it's really it's up to us. It's it's up to the fans. We have to speak out and say like we need three series in this year. 
Like, Netflix, you can do it. Yeah. I, I mean, they definitely can. I mean, once you get these shows running, and they all have their individual show runners, you know, like, you could you could have these in production on a regular schedule. You could do all four or five a year if you wanted to. Now, that, that, <sighs> that's going to be a be lot. Tough. I'd rather than be quality than try to rush things, but once you've got all the shows running and they've got r- different writers on every show, like... It's a there's there's definitely a possibility there. Yeah, you need somebody like uh, like Kevin Feige though to keep track of everything. Sure. Yeah, you need a good team. And I mean, why somebody like Kevin Feige? Where are you, Kevin Feige? Talk to these talk to these Marvel <laughs> talk to these Netflix people. Yeah, it almost sounds stuff. like I've given up. <laughs> yeah, sad. Can't give up on the crossover. Hmm. Never give up. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, with with Turk, it looks like he's going to be in one episode. Um, but still, though, any Turk is a, it's a good amount of Turk. Uh, let's see other. Oh, the other familiar face that I was mentioning in the rundown, uh, Nick Blood actually is coming back for Agents of Shield season five, and um, he's. I, I welcome his return, but I really want Bobby back. Yeah, but and I think that he could be that easy. Unfortunately, that easy is on the Orville <laughs> bridge, and the Orville is pretty good. The Orville's really good. It's pretty good. It's really good. I actually, it made me cry, which is <sighs> not that that's real hard, but like, <laughs> uh, like you were crying during the Punisher trailer. It, it made it, it. It hit me emotionally more than most Star Trek episodes do, and I. I've said when I when, you know you know that um, apparently a little behind Was the scenes apparently uh, Seth MacFarlane tried to pitch the new Star Trek series when they were planning to bring it back. Yeah, and they were discovery. talking to different creators, and he pitched a, he pitched them a Star Trek series, and they they said no. Um, uh, they, they decided to go a different way, and then he comes out with the Orville, and I was like, I think. Everyone kept saying like it was going to be oh it's just going to be a spoof a parody you know just a comedy series and it definitely has comedic elements but like it is not a comedy <laughs> it's like it's like an action adventure show yeah it's when I whenever I was first watching it I was like this is just it's going to be a spoof of the space series or whatever I was watching the first episode and that's the only one I've seen but I was like yeah it's just going to be kind of the silly things that we could think of and it's like no it's it's a serious sci-fi adventure but yeah. it also has that like that that really understanding like these are still people yeah like it may be in the future but these are still people yeah and, they, and they're still gonna do silly things like honestly reminds ask how me, many bars there are it feels closer to the original series than a lot of other star trek does Okay. Um, a lot of other Star Trek in the newer age, um, like Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, uh, Deep Space Nine would not withstand. Deep Space Nine's amazing, but uh, and, and I like Next Generation too. But Next Generation, Voyager, and even Enterprise, they start to feel a little sanitized. They start to be like the the old the old show was like bright colors, excitement. He's always hitting on women. Like it's it's kind of it's very it's very human in that way. And the yeah. new show, they're always like pulling their shirts down and acting very captainly, and uh, they're acting very uh, I don't know d- diplomatic and whatever. The, the 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 but Orville kind of reminds me of like a modern day the way that the way that Kirk and Spock and McCoy would talk to each other on kind of just like normal people level yeah. uh, it kind of reminds me of what the Orville's doing now but with modern day people um, and it is definitely 
they definitely have some kind of over the top jokes here and there, but uh, it's 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 so far been pretty grounded, and I am I'm really liking it. The, the, just to just to, and I was the last episode I watched I watched this morning. Have you seen it yet? The episode three. I haven't seen the second or third episodes yet. Oh gosh! So episode three, uh, I'll, I'll break down the plot for it. just the the. Oh, it's 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 in the first minute or two. The overall plot is. I don't even want to spoil it. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> it's really good. They basically take on some serious issues of like. I don't know. It, it, they take on some serious issues, which I was I was impressed by, and they give the characters like legitimate reasons for feeling the way they feel, and they, uh, it's like like you really don't know which way to to go in in, in the episode, and then it, the way they ended is crazy too. Like it's really good. I I, I don't even want to spoil what it's about because I kind of spoils episode two as well. But uh, it's <laughs> okay. it's really really good, uh, and and they're and they're doing a th- like some running. Uh, running themes throughout the show. I just really like it. It's really impressed. I want to. Yeah, it's so good. Okay. Okay. Let's let's, let's move well, on. Let's talk about some Marvel. Yeah. Hopefully the uh, the Orville has a crossover episode with Agents of Shield in season five, yes. so that we can bring Bobby back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, because apparently Nick Blood, Lance Hunter, Agent yeah. Lance Hunter, is going to be there, and they're in space in season five. That's true. So like, oh, how the hell? How is he in space? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, exactly. I like, how, how did he get there? They're going to be in space. You know that <laughs> that may be where they went. Like, just like they get picked up at the end of season uh, four. Oh, yeah, it could be that they're like, you guys got to run. You got to go be, you know, whatever. Marvel's uh, most wanted. Uh, and then and then this this sword organization showed up and said, so you can't be shield anymore, but. The Russians aren't going to worry about you out where we're going. <laughs> where we're going, we don't need Russians. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but you do, though, because the International Space Station. Absolutely. Uh, just, it, it started with an R, and it worked with the Back uh, to the Future quote. I'm sorry. No, it did. It did. I'm, I'll give it to you on that, but <laughs> that's the only reason you got that one. Oh, goodness. So, um, uh, let's see. Other space things. Thor Ragnarok tickets are on sale. Ooh. I'm definitely going to go see that. Fandango. Yeah. Fandango has that available, so you guys need to get your tickets now um, if you haven't already. Yeah. And if you have already gotten some tickets, get some more. Oh, other space-based things. So, what do you think about this? these rumors that Inhumans has already been canceled? Uh I I don't know. It sounds like speculatory nonsense, in my opinion. I don't think it sounds like utter nonsense. So what, what, what's happened is apparently there there were posters uh, prior to the release of the, in IMAX, and they all said season one coming to CBS in or whatever. Not not on ABC. September 29th. Season one coming to ABC on September 29th. Uh, and now, apparently, the new batch of posters released says the complete series coming to uh, ABC on September 29th, which makes it sound like uh, they have... Like they've already canceled like it. Like pl- they're already planning the, just the one season. Like they, they never planned to do more is what it almost sounds like. But we know that we know differently. Um, and it's just interesting. Uh, apparently, though, that same language was on previous posters. But now it's like on all the posters. <laughs> so it's like they adopted it on all of them. So hmm. not doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it could be. 
could be that Inhumans got such bad panning from the uh, the IMAX screenings, and the, honestly, that first trailer was so bad. It really was. It's really hard to recover from that bad of a trailer um, in the world today. Yeah, for a TV series especially, because yeah. like if the if the CG is not done on like a movie. And the movie trailer looks kind of off at the beginning. Like, you can fix it in later trailers because you've got more time. But, like, in a TV series, especially as close as they were to release, like, you can't yeah. fix it. It's, there's, you can't do much. It's, yep. um, it's, it's rough. It's, it's a tough kind of, uh, tough world we live in. Yep. Hopefully, though, hopefully it'll be good. And the first two episodes were, you know, they weren't terrible. And hopefully it gets better. And, you know, people actually watch it and give it a chance. But, you know, I'm, we're going to watch it either way. Yep, that that we are. <laughs> we're fans like that. So other <laughs> space things. Um, Brie Larson, actually, the, uh, the Captain Marvel herself... Uh, arrived in Atlanta recently for Avengers Four filming. Wow! It's so they come out so quick now that it's just amazing the production schedule they're keeping. Where and then the trust they have in the material. One thing I've noticed about DC, for instance, and not to not to just uh, uh, you know <laughs> throw shade at them, but. It seems like a movie comes out and they wait to see how it goes, and then they kind of reshuffle their stuff around. Um, we're still we haven't seen Thor Ragnarok yet, but they've already got like the next four movies in the can. It's like <laughs> you know, and uh, and then on top of that, you know, Avengers Four is filming, and we haven't even met uh, this Carol Danvers character yet, and they're already probably filming the second movie with her. You know, they're not they're not waiting around. <laughs> To see how people perceive that character, they they just have faith in their in their in their art, and I, and I love that. Yeah, apparently she's not uh, she's not going to be in Avengers three like Infinity War. Okay, um, that makes sense. She's gonna yeah she's gonna debut in her movie uh, in uh, which one was that? That would have been February <laughs> of two thousand nineteen, right? And then show up in Avengers four. Yeah, um, which I think I think I think uh, that gives me a clue to how they're going to in- use the Black Panther movie. We've we've, yeah. we've talked about that. How it could be that there's a uh, there's an Infinity Stone there, um, but yeah, Heart of Wakanda, yeah, something like that. Uh, well, I think the the fact that the Black Panther movie is happening right before. Avengers three, I think that there's going to be something in that that sets it up a little bit. So, and it sounds like that's yeah. definitely what's going on with Avengers four and Captain Marvel. Well, we also have um, Ant Man and the Wasp filming right now, and it's coming out between Avengers three and four. Yeah, and like, what are they? What are they going to do with that? Like, how does that play in? Oh, also, um, I'm going to put it in the the. <clears throat> The Blog Talk Radio, uh, what is it, slideshow for this episode? The uh, the the Ant Man and the Wasp costume for Evangeline Lilly, the Wasp costume, it has been seen on on set, and she looks awesome. Um, awesome. I think I've got I've got uh, link at the bottom of our our notes page. You can see the one that says Evangeline Lily Ant-Man Wasp costume. 
Yes, yes I do. And I'm going to look at it now. Because I have yet to see this. Oh yeah, that looks great. It looks uh, very down-to-earth like uh, Ant-Man's does. Yeah, it, it doesn't have the uh, the same color scheme that the Wasp normally has, and it doesn't right. have the same color scheme that we saw at the end of Ant-Man. Yeah, I'm guessing that's that's the, the, the costume you see at the end of the movie is probably like the old costume or something from uh, the old days or something. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, the one that um, the one that they showed at the end was it was reminiscent of the Wasp's uh, more modern costumes, um, kind of combined with the style that they had in the movie. But you know, obviously, what uh, what Hank Pym had been building years ago, decades ago, is not going to be the same that they use now. Like, oh god, we need to just scrap all of this. Like, with, there's there's Kevlar now. <laughs> like, we can do things that are so much better. Yeah. Oh, and in one of these uh, one of these set photos, I see the uh, the blue handle, like white headed. I guess it's a fan um, that we saw Chris Evans holding in like <clears throat> in set photos with, uh, from Civil War, and we were like, "Does he hold the hammer? Is that a stand-in for the hammer?" It's not. It's just it's the thing that they use. I guess now we know. Unless unless Mjolnir shows up in Ant Man and the Wasp, and that's how they get it back. <laughs> yeah, man, that makes sense. That's totally it. Uh, somebody else that we know is going to be in Avengers Four. This was confirmed by Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, well, Pepper Potts obviously is going to be in Avengers Four, but she confirmed that Don Cheadle's War Machine is going to have a part in Avengers Four. Because she was talking in an interview about how she went to film <clears throat> and. Um, you know, she said, like, you sit there for two hours sipping tea, Robert Downey Jr. and Don Cheadle making me laugh hysterically. Why the mm. hell did I give this up? Et cetera and so forth. Then it's just kind of like, oh, so he is there. He's going to be, he's going to have a part. Okay. Thanks yeah. for just, like, spoiling Spoil, that. Spoiled that. that well, right. that's, that's great. Um, Rhodey doesn't <clears throat> die. Yeah, we know that we know Rhodey's not the one that Thanos comes down and kills immediately. Like, he's going <laughs> to do someone. Um, <sighs> he's got to. He's got to. He just has to. Unless it's... Well, you never know, though. With these movies, you just never know. Um, right. it could be the some sort of thing... Thanos trick of bringing forth the dead, like we've talked about. Um, yeah, and that, <laughs> that could also be why uh, Frank Grillo... Is talking about the uh, Crossbones character may return. Yeah, I cannot imagine how he survived that last encounter. Yeah, blowing himself up. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited that Gwyneth Paltrow's back. Um, for so long, it was not clear that she was going to be in any more of these movies. We thought she might be just done, and yeah. so I'm loving that she's back. I, I like I like her as Pepper Potts a lot. I like her as a foil for uh, Robert Downey Jr. to play off of, and they just have a like. I I think of her as a very separate character though i don't think of her as just a offshoot of him i don't know they, they, they do they have yeah, really she's not balance. just an extension of him yeah she 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 has her own agency and i like that a lot i like it i want more of yeah. it we need it we need all of it um so i guess now we're uh, we're on to the future stuff because uh there are things that have been announced and we've seen like teaser trailers and and whatnot um and really haven't heard anything from Cloak and Dagger since we got a teaser trailer. Uh, apparently, there will be a Cloak and Dagger experience um, at 
uh, the Freeform Activation Zone at New York Comic Con this year. Huh. Uh, the Cloak and Dagger is going to be previewed in that that area. Oh, cool! So, um, yeah, it does. The series doesn't have a panel, but. Uh, or well, it doesn't currently have a panel. Like the Runaways has a panel, the Punisher has a panel, Agents of Shield has a panel. Um, Freeform is going to have their own little space, and that that's going to be previewed there. I guess they'll they'll show up next year because they like they weren't talking about the Cloak and Dagger series come out until like 2018. Yeah, or so. Hmm. Okay, but. Um, yeah, anybody that's going to New York Comic Con that's listening, tell us how it is. You know, if you can sneak some pictures of it, let us let us <laughs> yeah. see those. Yeah, for sure. So that's going to um, be uh, Cloak and Dagger on Freeform, and then Runaways is on Hulu, right? And when that's coming out yeah. this year, right? We think um, we're not sure. Okay, we think it's going to be uh, early next year, later this year, somewhere in that range. Okay, but cool. you know, it's gonna that's going to drop on on Hulu. Um, Cloak and Dagger's going on Freeform. The New Warriors is going on Freeform. And then there's reportedly a Power Pack film that's going, like a feature film that's going to be, that's being developed. And that's a straight up, like, uh, what is it? Like a Spy Kids type feature film. Superhero Kids movie. Um, that is interesting, and I, I can't. <laughs> I obviously they, they they've already gone younger with Spider Man. It'll be interesting if they go even younger with the films with Power <laughs> Pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what how they're gonna link that with our super serious, extra awful grounded feature films. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> it, it worked well. It's worked well in a lot of other ways. Spider Man's not nearly as dour as some of the others and, and like Ant-Man's not nearly as dour and I think they, they, they do a great job of balancing honestly none of the Marvel stuff's that dour um, I, I have a, that's, that's the joke I was making I have a, oh gotcha I have a feeling Infinity War is gonna be pretty yeah, dour that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna put a damper on that's, everybody's that's where spirits. my mind was, I was I'm still thinking of Infinity War because it's coming up so soon um I know. We've been talking God, about all, I know. We've been talking about Infinity War and Punisher. So when you say it's all dire, I'm like, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> like, oh no, wait, most of them aren't. <laughs> yep, it's just like, what we're talking the, about today. These are the odd ones out. Like, this is the dark period, and it's going to go back to fun. <laughs> Damn, this is a dark period. Have you ever seen? Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, what's that movie called? Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have the whole like classic musician montage where uh where he's like crying and like there's all this drugs and crazy sex stuff and like just all this stuff's going on in the scene and he like looks into the camera and says, Damn, this is a dark period <laughs> <laughs> You don't want none of this, do we? So funny. Um, okay, so that is all the news, I believe, correct? Yeah, I think so. How about we, uh, well, before we go into the feedback, we just want to say we are the MCU Cast, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, you can find us at MCUcast.com, at MCUcast on Twitter, Facebook.com slash MCUcast, MCUcast at gmail.com, or you can uh, support us at Patreon.com slash MCUcast, or you can call and leave a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, we any of those ways you can reach out to us or or send us some support we really appreciate. Um, 
Also, uh, this is a personal thing for me. I'm in the middle of a Kickstarter. Uh, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm in the middle of a Kickstarter for my new album, um, Matthew Carroll. So you can go to Kickstarter and you can search it, or you can go to mcucast.com and in the uh, sidebar, there's a link to uh, my Kickstarter. And it would really, really help me out if some of our listeners helped out because uh, it's really hard to get people to go over to Kickstarter and just throw 15 bucks my way for the album <laughs> like I think people I, th- I really believe there's a lot of my like, friends and family and fans who like want this album and have been talking about it and uh, I put it up a couple of uh, a couple weeks ago now and it's really hard to just like convince people to just go hey go to the Kickstarter buy it now well, so I can Matt, actually I never thought you were actually gonna do it <laughs> exactly it's like <laughs> I can I can actually make the album if everybody would go buy the album now like it's really hard to make the quality album I want to but, but I've got all of your demos already isn't that the same thing <laughs> um no like, nobody has I've, nobody has I love hearing yet. I love hearing recorded voices over and over again because it's only one of three songs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Jeff is talking about my old band, uh, Little Piece of Me, who who we we, we have an old. Well, I love that. I love that EP. Uh, but it was a good EP. <laughs> I'm really really excited about this new uh, new album. I put in so much work. I wrote over 80 songs uh, and and then stripped those 80 down to my favorite 25. Then I demoed those. Then I took all those demos and I like picked my favorite demos and then I like worked on those even more and then took it to a live band and like rehearsed it for weeks and like built in all these really cool moments and it just it's the first time I've ever really gotten to do a project where everything in it is like my creative vision and it's just there's so much so much cool stuff I can't wait to share with everybody but to be honest I can't finish it until uh, people support on the Kickstarter so uh, go to mcucast.com click on the Kickstarter link there's just a link that says support Matt's Kickstarter on like the on the sidebar or if you're on your phone I think it's on the very bottom uh, so you have to scroll all the way down but yeah if you guys can it would really help me out um, I just uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of this and it's it, the album and you can hear some of it uh, if you go to the Kickstarter on the on the video uh, some of the demos are playing and um, I, I'm really proud of them I'm really proud of the demos and the ones that are coming out of the studio are even better um <laughs> They usually are. Yeah. I think yeah. that's how it works. Well, you hope, you know? Like, I spent months <laughs> crafting these demos in my house and finding the voice of every song, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, all right, now I took it to a live band, and then we took the live band into the studio, and we recorded it so it would have that, like, energy of a live band, not just feel so... It doesn't feel as constructed, if that makes sense. Like demo, the demos to me feel a little bit like we laid down drums and then we laid down a bass track and then we laid down a guitar track because that's what we did. Uh, right. the, the the album sounds so much more organic, and I'm just like, <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> never, never, never made anything this good, and I'm just, just, just blown away by how cool it's all sounding. Uh, but anyway, that's I just thanks for letting me chat about it a minute. Um, if you have a chance, uh, go go check out Kickstarter. You can just search Matthew Carroll or you can go to mcucast.com and click on the thingy. Um, Alright, let's get into some feedback, Jeff. Oh, what? I don't get a plug? You, if you got anything to plug? Not really. You're working on a new I mean, podcast, I know. Am I? You are, but I don't know if you're ready to talk about it. Okay. Well, I mean, I posted a, a picture and kind of like teased it. Put a hint. I, I teased it. Yes, that's the proper term. Yeah, um, yeah. Might maybe start I'm a new be, D&D podcast, right? Yeah, I'm... I'm 
constructing or well, not constructing, but I'm, I'm preparing to DM for the first time in a uh, in a D and D campaign, and I will be DMing for an eight year old and a ten year old and their mom. <laughs> oh, cool! I didn't I didn't know Julie was going to do it with them. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. The girlfriend and the kiddos are uh, they've been wanting like we've been watching Critical Role, and they love the series, and they've been wanting to play for themselves. And I was like, well. I've been wanting to get a game back together, so like, why don't I teach you to play, and I'll be the DM for like the starter set. So we're gonna be doing Lost Minds of Fandelver. Cool. And um, I'm so, just gonna okay, go. So you're you know, actually using you're actually using one of the pre-built modules or whatever. Yeah, it's the one that comes with the starter set. It's, cool. It's one that uh, like I've been reading through it, and I'm like that encounter seems a bit tough for level one people, but it uh, it helps to teach them that combat is not the only way to solve the problems. Neat. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I like yep. it. And um, you know, the, it, there's hooks to transfer that into other campaigns like Storm King's Thunder, which I'm really interested in. So if they end up liking it, I'll I'll uh, carry them over into other uh, other stories. But for right now, it's just going to be Lost Minds of Fandelver. Cool. I like it, man. I'll um, definitely listen myself. I got to uh, I got to get a better area mic though if I'm going to do that. Yeah, well, I, I can help you out with some of that uh, audio issues. We'll figure, we'll figure something out for you. <laughs> you. You just like come over and set up and just watch. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. If I if I just like if work I the audio over, while you watch, I'll be okay. I, if I, if I come over, I'll like come over as a guest spot and just be like a goblin or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I've something got for a, uh, to fight. I've got a cleric rolled up that you know could run with them as an NPC if. Uh, if he wants to go a separate way every now and again, he could. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, if you want to, if you want to throw it out, I, on that. I've, I've never really played D anD D, so I would be interested in trying it. I played. Yeah. I played once. I played once. I should say four beginners. All right. Yeah. It's oh, it's D anD D number four beginners. Yeah. Good. Now you got to get D&D, a D anD D four beginners. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of just calling it like kid D anD D. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, anyway, yeah, so so yeah, that'll be feedback. coming down the pike. There'll be there'll be all kinds of. We'll talk about it for sure when it's coming out. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's get to some feedback, my friend. Okay, uh, let's see. First up, Jeremy Tomasulo. It looks like he emailed us saying, "Hey guys, love the cast. I spend my commute back and forth from school. I'm a teacher listening to uh, back episodes these days. Tons of fun. My theory." Hyphen. I noticed Sam Neill in the IMDb page for a role in Ragnarok, but no character name. Doesn't he look a bit like Hugo Weaving and sound like him? Could it be? Thoughts? Have you have you looked at Sam Neill? I uh, I, I know that Sam Neill's going to be in it, and I like I, as I was browsing the IMDb page, just kind of like I do, just looking to see if there's any spoilers in there. And I saw Sam Neill, and I was like, huh, he doesn't have a role. He'll be something neat. And then just like swept past it, not even thinking about this amazing theory yeah, it's a great that theory. Jeremy just By dropped way, on Jeremy's us. Jeremy's one of our $1 patrons. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Hey, you thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you very much, Jeremy. We appreciate you. Um, I haven't done lifts for him yet. Ugh. <laughs> I haven't done lifts for anybody. I haven't done lifts for myself in three weeks. Uh-oh. I've been sick, man. I'm just teasing. Had a well, pretty gnarly science infection. If you look up Sam Neill, he looks so much like an older Hugo Weaving. And the, he the, looks strikingly similar. Yeah, and and, and and you imagine if he got sent off to space and he's been out there for 90 years or whatever, um, 
he would be much older. Even with the serum, he'd probably look a lot older. Um, and it'd be amazing to see like an old, like battle hardened, not just like been out in the galaxy for a few weeks, but he's been like living for a century out in the galaxy. You know, like yeah. how cool of a red school would that skull would that make? You know, oh, that would be such an amazing red skull. It really I would. need this so bad now. I really like it. I love the theory. Uh, awesome, 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 awesome. Excellent theory. Uh, okay, uh, Thanks, let's Jamie. see. All right, so Matthew Ryan Cronin said to us on Facebook, weird question slash theory. Sorry if someone already said this, uh, but is it possible when Electra slash Daredevil are fighting at the end, they end up falling through the portal to Kun Lun, and that's how they are both alive? Thoughts? Sorry if I missed if this was already theorized and my mind blocked it. Uh, it, we have theorized all kinds of stuff about what went on down there, and we don't know. The problem is, we we talked on the show about it being a, a portal to Kunlun. They never explained that on the show. So, was it a portal to Kunlun? We don't even know. Was it? I don't just think it th- was. There was a dragon down there. Why is there a dragon down there? <laughs> right? Like, if it's not a portal, then why the fuck is there a dragon down there? Yeah. Uh, if it is a portal, where's Kunlun? Like, why don't you show us Kunlun? Yeah. Like, these are things that I need. I need these answers. Anyway. Um, yeah, so short answer is, we don't know. We, we just don't know. It's very possible. I feel like it almost has to be something like that for them to have escaped. <laughs> because it doesn't really make any sense that they escaped. And that's kind of a Wouldn't bummer. it be... <laughs> Wouldn't it be just insane if uh, if that was a portal and, like... People in Kunlun are just hanging out. They're like, oh man, I wish Iron Fist would come back. And then, like, all of a sudden, out of a cave mouth, just like parts of building just start spewing out because they're going through a portal and the force downward is pushing it out through the cave mouth. And it's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, rubble is coming out. It's like just a New York skyscraper just starts pooping out of a, of a cave mouth like Into that. Into Kunlun, yeah. Into Kunlun. And they're just and, like, And they're Whoa. like surfing on the debris. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like freaking Aquaman or something. Um, <laughs> to be fair, that was a really cool part of that that Justice League trailer. It's really cool. It's a little like what does he do? Does he surf down the side of the building or does he surf through the building and come out of the front? No, no. He's uh, he. If it's Aquaman, he was standing on the Batmobile and then leapt off to to hit a Parademon. Oh, I'm talking about a different part. There's a part where he, oh. like, surfs out of the sky on a parademon. Like, he's, like, on the back of a parademon surfing. And he, like, rides it down a building and, like, smashes through a building. Um, oh, that must it, be a new trailer. It was a little seen. cartoony. But, you know, it was great. I, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I don't feel bad about it at all. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, I guess next up, uh, Nathaniel Muzzy said to us on Facebook, so we've speculated that the hammer has the soul gem. I think we're wrong. H is for Hella. Duh. It uh, could be. Could she be. She has the soul gem. Uh, the, only th- the only reason I would say that I, I don't think that speculation is true is, has a person ever been the, the, the thing that it is in? It's, it's uh, the orb. It's always been a thing. Jane was infused with the aether at one point. Yeah, but that wasn't the aether. Wasn't the? Uh... It's the reality gem. Right. Uh, no, no, no. It's but it, but it, but it was that was the A for aether. 
like the aether was the thing it it did yes infest jane but and i mean like yes the stone is part of vision now like it just definitely they can be inside of people but the 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 talking about the thanos theory that it's going to be an H. oh that right We've okay had, like, yeah, tesseract no, no. uh tesseract necklace <laughs> uh, headdress orb uh yeah it could be in her headdress that's it's in her antlers <laughs> it could be in her headdress. that's what makes him grow she steals souls to grow her antlers and the other the other, only other reason i don't know about that is why is she coming to uh to, to Asgard, if not to collect the gems, which I feel like, given given Thanos' obsession with death and all that stuff, I feel like that might be part of her mission there. But I, I don't know. I may be totally wrong on that. No, nah, I think her mission is just to destroy Asgard because she's pissed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's that. I she's, don't know. She will have been imprisoned for like hundreds of thousands of years. I think, or it's like ten thousand uh, okay. years or something like that. So, yeah, I don't know anything about that. It's a long time. Anyway, uh, next up, J.E. Downey said to us on Facebook, Black Widow's a freaking scroll, And not just any freaking scroll, but the freaking scroll queen. Want to know how she's the freaking scroll queen? Well, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> okay, let's start with what we know about the Black Widow. She was once a spy in Russia who defected and started working for S.H.I.E.L.D. It's safe to assume she has... I'm sorry... It's safe to assume she has connections with both good guys and bad guys, something that might be useful to the Skrull Queen. Now in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, she agreed that they couldn't trust the government because any one of them could have been turned. And in that hearing towards the end of the movie, she basically told the government to suck it. She also told Cap she needed to find a new identity to hide. Fast forward to Age of Ultron, she's running around with the Avengers in plain sight. And then there's the Widow-Banner relationship. I know I was one of the ones okay with it at first, but now that seems odd. It seems weird now. Because why would Widow want to ride off into the sunset with Banner when he finally has friends that understand him. Sounds suspicious to me. Almost as if she's trying to remove the biggest gun from the equation. Now we get to Civil War. Remember in Winter Soldier when she told the government to suck it? Now all of a sudden she's okay with oversight? And then she switches sides mid-airport battle? Maybe in an attempt to cause further division? Now... With that said, I believe that Black Widow is a freaking Skrull Queen, and she was abducted and replaced sometime between Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron. I know it was lengthy, but what do y'all think? Mm. I love it. I love every Skrull theory forever, <laughs> and this one is great, too. Uh, yeah, no, it's not bad. There are definitely a lot of differences between her stance at the end of Civil uh, of uh, Winter Soldier and who she is at the end of Civil War, beginning of Civil War, even, so... Yeah, yeah. Her arc from Winter Soldier to Age of Ultron to uh, into Civil War has been a little weird. Yeah. So yeah, I'm down. Maybe very well. <laughs> and she is one that I could I could buy being this being a scroll and like I could buy her. <laughs> I could buy Black Widow being a scroll from the beginning and like it kind of making sense. <laughs> <laughs> Like she's defecting from the KGB, she gets abducted and then replaced with uh, with Varenki, and then Varenki just goes to be part of Shield because she needs information on everybody. Yeah. So let me just be a part of Shield, and then she dumps the info at the end of Captain America: The Winter Soldier so that she can get all of it over to the Skrulls. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was the only way to to get everything out. See, it's perfect. Yeah. She, that's why. Even before. Even before. That's the, that's her Jay game the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that's been her game. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Next up. Juan Pibernus said to us, hi, guys. 
Hello. I was watching Guardians Volume 2 when it dawned on me. Guardians, specifically Volume 2, is what Suicide Squad was trying to be. The Guardians are unabashed killers, thieves, and assassins. Just hear the conversation where Gamora is talking Star-Lord into going with Ego. She casually tells Star-Lord something to the effect of, if he turns out to be bad, we just kill him. The <laughs> Guardians are bad people, delightful bad people, and that's what Suicide Squad was supposed to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it was not. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen it, so I can't comment oh, either I can, way. I can definitely comment all day. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they didn't pull it off. I don't know. Um, I think I, I don't think of the Guardians as bad. The, the, the Guardians and Suicide Squad are different in that. Um, the Suicide Squad is supposed to be a team that is so bad you have to threaten them with a bomb in their head to make them do the right thing. So you're always on this sort of like uh, precipice where you're kind of forcing them into doing the right thing. Whereas yeah. Guardians is like a group of misfits who are selfish. They're definitely not good people, especially in the beginning, but they're not villains, necessarily. You know, they're not like, going around hurting people to hurt people. They're not they're not, they're, they haven't done atrocities, necessarily. Um, they're not chaotic evil. Yeah. I mean... They're true neutral. They're probably chaotic. Yeah, I, I, I'm not good with, I'm not good at picking, that, <laughs> picking those. They're, they're, like, I mean, Star-Lord seems like a good guy who doesn't want to see other people hurt and Drax is on a revenge quest which has its own sense of evil to it I guess um, nah he's just a paladin <laughs> it's an oath of vengeance yeah so that's not a great thing to have either like an oath of vengeance is not a great thing to have as your propelling force like I agree uh, I agree that with Juan that there's definitely a similarity but the, the the one distinction is, I think they're just their own people. They're kind of selfish people. They're not yeah. necessarily villains. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. They definitely have said. some questionable tactics. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, thinking about it, um, now that we call uh, call Drax a paladin, an oath of vengeance paladin specifically, <laughs> uh, at the end of the first Guardians, he said, you know, Ronan was just a puppet. It's actually Thanos that I need to kill. Like, he says that, and he seems very determined by it, but we heard no mention of that in the slightest in Guardians 2. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I mean, I, and it wasn't that long after. Like, well, it's like six months after. True, but it also... There's a lot going on. Kind yeah, of and it might be just that, like, he hasn't had any leads and hasn't really, like, put much into it. You know, like, oh, we'll, we'll look around, but, like, you... But it seems like everybody knows where Thanos is. Just if, even if it's just so that they can stay out of his way. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's just something I randomly thought of. Uh, let's see. Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, uh, "Would Ghost Rider want to seek vengeance on the Punisher for doing the same thing he does?" That is a great question. We don't know. Uh, I would say probably not. Um, he might. He. I mean. <sighs> The best, the best counter to to the Punisher, honestly, is Daredevil, especially for right, that for rooftop sure. scene that they had, because they're both beating up bad people. But the Punisher says, you know, you hit them, they get back up. I hit them, they stay down, and that's that's the best 
moral conflict that we can have sure. from them because so far the the like uh, the Ghost Rider entity just seeks vengeance and. Uh, just looks to put down bad people, and he can probably see the good in what Frank Castle's doing. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right. I think he can, um, but there's something he said for like, <laughs> uh, you know, the old "Vengeance is mine," saith the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I could see a uh, a version where the spirit of vengeance is the spirit of vengeance and it's not a human's job oh yeah to go around like, seeking vengeance vengeance is my thing you can't do this yeah like well well and, and not just like a selfish like it's my thing but like i have the <laughs> i don't have moral ambiguity i am i am a vengeance demon like i'm here to its exact vengeance on the on the evil you are a human and you cr- you you cr- by crossing these lines you are becoming the evil um, I could see it. I could see there being a an argument made for them to have a yeah. fight. If that makes sense, you're but going too think, far, Castle. I do think eventually they'd end up on the same side. Of course. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to. Uh, let's see. Superhero ethics said to us on Facebook. Just put up an episode. I think you guys will appreciate. It's all about robot ethics, with a long section at the end about how the agents of Shield treat Ada. Yeah, uh, superhero ethics has a has had a blog since we've been talking to him. But since since then he started this uh, podcast. I think we may have mentioned it before on the cast even. Uh, but I actually I think it wasn't on Stitcher, which is where I listen to all my podcasts when it first started. Uh, but it's it's on Stitcher now, and so I'm assuming it's on all the other places. Uh, superhero ethics is a pretty fun podcast. You guys should check it out. I listened to this week's episode. It was cool. I didn't. I'm sorry. I. I'm I'm bad at listening to podcasts. Yeah, you're not a big podcast listener. It's so funny. People are either podcast listeners or they're not. And like a lot of times, I can tell people I do a podcast all day. If they're not just like the time type of person that listens to a podcast, they're just not gonna. Yeah, <laughs> it's so strange to me. Um, it's very rare that someone will be like, it's like there's this technology path that they have to get to their ears. And if they have to figure it out, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> well, see, for me, like I've tried listening to podcasts, and if I listen to a, if I live in, listen to like ten seconds of a podcast where somebody's voice is annoying to me, or if they, <laughs> like, if they, if they're not like just outright the most awesome, charismatic person, if they're if they're boring in the way that they speak or if they speak in a voice that's annoying or I just, I they grate on my nerves I cannot do it, I can't I can't get past it because that's my only medium to to take them in with, right. like if somebody has an annoying voice and they're in the room with me then like, I can get around it because there's, you know, there's also the visual cues and like, I can just kind of nudge them every now and again and have that kind of, that sort of relationship with them, but like, I can't do that with somebody that I'm listening to. I just, I, mm-mm. nope. <laughs> Come on, can't Jeff. Do it. Calm down. People get over your annoying voice every day to listen to this podcast. You know, and I'm really glad for that they do that. <laughs> Thank you for getting over my annoying voice. <laughs> I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, it sounds like I'm just being such a prick. Well, that's the thing. I'm just it, being a prick. The thing, uh, podcasts are, there's so many and people like different ones. We have we are very uh, very thankful. We have as many listeners as we do. Thousands of you guys download every week, and it's awesome. Um, 
but uh, I know that some people listen to our cast and they're like, eh, not not for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're like that. These guys don't have the kind of take I like to listen to, or they don't have like the voices, or they don't have the editing that I like, or whatever. But like different people, like their song cast. goes on too long in the more in the beginning, <laughs> right? Like it can be anything. Um, and I think like. You know, it's it's just it's neat because I like podcasts because it's a there's a low barrier for entry. A lot of people can do it, which is why we do it. Um, yeah, and a lot of people can do it. It's fairly cheap to do, uh, and then once you get it going, it's like people can find your voice and they connect with your voice, and it's such a cool yeah. medium. Um, and it can make you feel so important. Yeah, you know, I have thousands of people wanting to hear me, Matt. This is crazy. <laughs> Don't don't get mad with power over there, Jeff. I'm trying not to, man. I can't let it get to my head. That's why we have to stop every couple of weeks. Because I just <laughs> that's why you have to take a week off. I feed on it. <laughs> like my head is too big. I need to take a break. And then, Matt, and then, I'm and feeling then on just real. Like, where's the Where's the episode, Jeff? Where's the episode? And you're like. Still, yes. still feeling it. Still feeling it. <laughs> Stop so that I can record it, please. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so silly. Quit um, placating my ego. Yeah, it's funny, man. Um, like, I, it, you know, it's, it's so hard to find an audience for things on the internet, and it's it's cool that people have found this and listened to it. I really am like endlessly thankful for that. It's really cool. Yeah, been, we love. Been everybody. trying to find an audience for my music lately because this album's coming out, and I'm like, I feel like I'm beating my head against a wall just to like get someone to listen to something. A lot of times, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think you'll like this if you listen to it. I've worked really mm. hard; it's really good. But then just people, you, 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 I put up a video, and it's like that got 12 views. I'm like, come on, <laughs> you know. It's good. Honestly, when I was uh, when I was at Warp Tour several years ago uh, these guys were in these guys were just walking around they had toured with a couple of the bands uh, like weeks back or they were on part of the Warp Tour or whatever but they were advertising their stuff by just walking around with an iPod and a couple of pairs of headphones like a splitter and they were just like hey guys you want to listen to some new music and I was just like sure so I put it on and I was like holy crap this is really good and that's when I found out about American Diary and like other than than that, I would probably have never just come across them. I never would have just been like, oh yeah, I'll go out and give new music a listen. But yeah. they were just like, put this on your head and listen to us. It's not a bad idea. You might you might have to do that. Yeah, just just Johnny Appleseed it, you know? Yeah. Just go around the whole world <laughs> one person at a time. I need to listen to this album. <laughs> It's it's just a weird. Now that you like it, go ahead and deposit five dollars into this account. <laughs> I've got Kickstarter open. Yeah, just go ahead and punch in your numbers. Thanks. All right. So next up, uh, Scott Olstad said to us on Facebook, "Love the pod. Just listened to the episode where you discussed the Punisher episode titles, and wanted to say that a memento mori is an object serving as a warning or a reminder of death, such as a skull. Seems appropriate. No, keep up the good work. Ooh, absolutely. Uh, that is a great piece of info. That Thank is you. Much more intelligent take than me just not being able to stop talking about the movie Memento. So thank you. <laughs> that, yep, that's a, a better, more insightful response. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you, Scott. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, not a Scott Buck hater since I actually like Iron Fist, but Inhuman sounds awful so far. Hopefully it improves. Hope to find some redeeming factors when it premieres. Yeah. It has it has some I don't I don't know that it really does have that many. It does. It's okay. It's just okay. It's it's I I liked it well enough. I didn't 
fall down over it like I did the Punisher trailer. Uh, but it's it's not going to be terrible. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't think it's terrible. Uh, yet. I do find the uh, my motivation for liking the Inhumans uh, or the royal family is not solid yet. <laughs> so that's that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's the biggest problem. Is that they they like Iron Fist so far are basically villains. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Brian Keegan said to us on Facebook, guys, 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 new trailer is out. Matt Carroll and the Punisher have so much in common now. <laughs> Who knew Frank Castle could play an acoustic guitar? And Metallica's one at that? Such an awesome mood setter for the series. Yeah, it's really awesome. That was honestly my first thought, too, is when I heard the the opening lick, I was just like, oh my god, that's crazy! Matt's gonna love it because it's music! <laughs> just, like, that was my first, no. like, dumb thought, and then, like, as I revisited what I was actually thinking, I was like, no, Matt's gonna love it because it's good use of popular good music. That's why Matt's gonna love it. Yeah. But, like, first initial thought is, Matt's gonna love it because it's music! <laughs> because it's music! And I do have a lot in common with the Punisher, I... Uh, yeah. You know. I've been trying to get you off of like killing everybody you come across, but yeah, apparently they're all gang members that Sometimes were involved in killing you your family. Murder folks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's the uh, that's the quote of the day. Sometimes you got to murder folks. <laughs> oh man, so let's see. Uh, John Andrew Smatton said to us, "Howdy, Matt and Jeff. Hello. Uh, this comment will be a bit long, so no blame if you don't read it on your show." Uh, maybe read it in pieces. Uh, I was thinking a lot about what Matt said around how Danny is kind of a villain. <laughs> you just mentioned this. <laughs> you just said this. <laughs> that wasn't uh, on was purpose. It? I wasn't even purposely setting this up. Nice. No, I thought that you were just, you know, dropping the seeds. Um, he said, I was thinking a lot about what Matt said around how Danny is kind of a villain, and I find myself strongly agreeing with that. I'll break my reasoning down into two parts. That may be a bit controversial. Uh, before Iron Fist was casted, many people were hoping the role of Iron Fist would be casted uh, to an Asian man instead of a white man. While it may have been possible to select a narrative that would still produce a good show, the writers chose the worst possible narrative to bring the idea of cultural appropriation to the forefront. One way to see the story they tell is a white man child enters a foreign land is deified above all others uh, i.e. Davos's father likes him more than Davos takes a precious resource from them i.e. the Iron Fist mm-hmm. promises to help the people of that land i.e. protect Gun Lun breaks those promises made to them leaving and ultimately his actions lead to their destruction all the while proving he was entirely unworthy of the gifts bestowed on him. If the writers wanted, they could have made Danny seem at least adequate at what he does, but instead they chose a story that makes him, and by default Finn Jones, seem imperialistic and undeserving of the role. Maybe this was an effort at acknowledging the anachronistic cultural norms of Iron Fist, but that wasn't really made clear, and it doesn't make for good TV. Good stopping place to discuss. <laughs> I love the brackets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> If you're going to do that, I am going to read all Sage Direction. Just out loud. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a great point. Um, it really does. <laughs> it, it feels almost... It feels almost on purpose. As I think basically yeah. what he's getting at. Like, Yeah, uh, maybe they meant it to him to be an awful person. 
Cause <laughs> just he, person, cause not the, even just Iron Fist. Because the storyline is like maybe maybe he's meant to be the white. I love the he describes it so well. A white man enters a foreign land, <laughs> is deified above all others, takes a precious resource from them. <laughs> And uh, promises to help the people of the land break the promise. Doesn't do that. Just so good. Yeah, that's... um, Yeah, that is very much what happens, and it... Yeah, I don't like it. And that's one of the things that I was worried about with the series whenever it was first coming up, is all of the the racial controversy going on. Um, I... I I understood why people wanted... Iron Fist to go to an Asian person but like my knee-jerk response is like well that's just saying that only Asian people can do martial arts and then I'm like well if you if you take the the white man goes to place becomes the best that there is at that then it's like well that's the mighty whitey trope and like that's also bad so like there was no good there was no good way to do iron fist apparently yeah it's a hard character to nail for sure i really like i i felt bad for wanting danny rand to be the character like I, i felt bad for wanting him to be white because like just saying well that's what it is in the comics that's dumb that's not the right way to go about right. things. It's not the 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 appropriate way to think. Well, I will uh, say, saying it's that... So, like, I, it's not a racist decision to make the character white if he's white in the comics. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're making yeah. an extra racist decision, but they're sticking with... But saying with, that they can't be a different color because he's white in the comics is the racist way to go about yeah, it. Yeah, or, or, or that... Uh, I mean, like, he was supposed... To, like, the problem is, the storyline is problematic because he's supposed to be this, like, uh, you know, upper-class white family from New York that, like... And so that, that all is... Uh, him being a, this corporate leader is supposed to be part of the whole storyline. And even if you make him, like, Asian by... I guess they could have made him by Asian descent. Uh, a corporate... You know, his family is a cor- corporate heads and they're all Asian or whatever here. And that would have been fine, but... Yeah. It's still like American goes over. I don't know. It's still weird. It's still the mighty whitey trope. Uh, not necessarily whitey, but yeah, it's still kind of like uh, it's still imperialistic, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's still the Americans are better. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's better because he speaks English, and I identify with that. Yeah, like that's just there wasn't a good way to go about it to to please. Well, I, I don't want to say please everybody, but like there was going to be controversy. <laughs> at least don't you have it. his leaving be abandonment. Like right? they could have not steered into it so hard. They could have had him like greatly respect the people that taught him everything in Kunlun and have him uh, have him not feel so like not leave because of he was just wanting his own fulfillment but maybe leave because spread the teachings uh, yeah spread the teachings or they say hey we found out the hand is in new york and we need you to go there like easy like that yeah that, that would have been like he's there on and a he, like he didn't get back in time to to catch the window closing so now boom he's stuck in this world and the mystical goes away but like he's here and the hand's here so like i, I guess i'm cut off from everybody i gotta do it myself yeah like that would have been great yeah 
Absolutely. I mean, at least would have been a little more coherent, and at least we could have, yeah. we could have viewed him as a hero. In this sense, he's like not only are, do you have the white appropriation problem, uh, but you also have this sort of like he's just not <laughs> you like it's, they're steering into it with all of the like uh, imperialism problems <laughs> that, that come from uh, exactly how John just described them. Um, yeah. yeah. So totally and with like, you, John. You can't. I, I like the idea of him coming back to, or well, respecting their teachings, but I like the idea of him coming back to like try to spread their teachings. Like, hey, they taught me how to not be an asshole. My dad was an asshole, or whatever. But like, they they leaned really hard into him being abused by the the yeah. monks or whatever, and then they also have him being like. You know, they taught me these great things, but I was also abused. Yeah, but they, that's the thing. They lean into but it. But then I also fight. They don't lean into <laughs> it that hard. They lean into it enough to make you feel, try to make you feel for him, but they don't lean enough into it to let, where you stop lo- caring about Kunlun and uh, you still, they, they want they want to have their cake and eat it too, and it's just not working. They need yeah. to figure something out. <laughs> Uh, let's see, John continues saying, second, others justify Danny's action by saying he has been abused. This may be true, but name a superhero story that doesn't start with abuse. Tony is orphaned and later abducted. Thor's father pits his family against each other. Captain America is beat up and his help is constantly rejected. Black Widow is indoctrinated and castrated. The Hulk is hunted and forced to become a pariah. And the list goes on. The story of a superhero is often one of going through abuse and overcoming that abuse to do good. The story of a villain, if they aren't mustache twirlers or malignant narcissists, uh, is often going through abuse and becoming worse for it to the point of hurting others, i.e. Aldrich Killian is rejected by everyone and wants to become superior to them all. Loki is rejected by his father, etc. Danny clearly doesn't leave Cumberland as a hero, so what else are we to assume he is? Yeah. I mean, I think the idea is that he's more complex than a hero or a villain, but I don't think they pulled that off. <laughs> I think the idea is <laughs> that like, he's just like, he's just a guy trying to find his place in the world, but... He's complex. Y- See? Yeah, it didn't really work. You can't make a character complex just by saying that they're complex. Yeah, or just by having them brood about whatever they're doing. Yeah, Arrow. Yeah, Angel. I'm, I'm just kidding. It totally worked for Angel. <laughs> that David Boreanaz can brood all day. I'm happy with it. Oh, you're killing me. Um, so thanks, John, for that um, that very important discussion to have. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, Karen McKellar said to us, on comics and movie purity, in my opinion, you need to keep the basics of how they got their powers. Spider-Man got bit by the spider. Tony has a suit. Hulk got the radiations and gets mad. Um, you go from there and have licensing. Sorry for my bad spelling. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm fixing it. Yeah. Um, I see. I can see that. I can see that. Um I, I do think I think you need the basics of what makes the hero the hero. Like, what makes that hero that hero? Uh, and that's why, in my mind, and some people disagree with me, I don't like Man of Steel because to me, Superman is the story of a a superpowered alien who comes to Earth and is instilled with uh, human morals by a great father. 
you know like that's what that story is about to me in in a lot yeah. of ways it's about him like struggling for his place in the world uh while he has kind of two worlds tugging at him like and i understand what you mean matt um because i've been recently watching smallville i love smallville on netflix and like that pa kent is so much better than kevin costner yep <laughs> that's that's my pa kent that pa kent is great Yep. Yep. I'm like that that is a, that's a father who wants to see a son succeed but also wants him to understand the consequences of his decisions and will let him fail if it teaches a lesson because like specifically I'm thinking about the football episode where Clark went out to play football and was just like I'm doing awesome. Look how great I am and he's just like uh you're being kind of a dick. You're hurting people. And you have to be careful. Yeah. And, like, this, that dynamic is what Pa Kent should be. Yeah. I, I just think that Pa Kent tries to raise a good man, not just keep his son safe. And and that's all the, the Pa Kent in the movie, all he did was try to keep him safe. And we've talked about this many times yeah. before, but, but I, you know... And that's that's honestly that's what it should be is that with a person that overpowered, keeping them safe is not the problem. That's not the issue. You got to teach somebody that's that overpowered how to be a good person, and you have to teach them a lot harder than you have to teach other people. In relation to what Carrie said here, I think like it's not just how they get their powers; it's like who they are at their core. I think that's what has to be the same. Like, um, it's not what makes them the hero; it's what makes them a hero. Right, right. Like what, what? 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 Who are they as a character? Not so much. Who are they? Like, like whatever. Hulk could have gotten his powers by being a scientist. Well, that kind of is part of his uh, whatever. There could have been different kinds of accidents to give him his power. Whatever. Yeah, it could have been cosmic radiation. Right, and it from could, his, on the space still be station. Hulk, and you could still make a good Hulk movie and like change slightly the the type of radiation or the this or the that. But but like making him a, a scientist who loses control when he gets angry like that's the core of the hero like but he's still like you you care about him because you love uh who bruce banner is and like trying to trying to be a good man and trying to sort of run from run from the power but also use it when he needs to like that's that's the core of yeah. there's, there's different cores and, of these heroes and, and keep all of that power away from the people who don't need to have it yeah like that's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what he's doing yeah absolutely and he would in some cases rather kill himself uh, than let anyone else have that power but he can't <laughs> so he just has yeah. to keep on the run I, that's the core of that character you know <laughs> um, anyway so yeah. Carrie has yeah. Carrie had another um, message here Carrie goes on saying about Tony being an a-hole one of my mom and my favorite lines to prove this is in the first movie is I want two things I want an American cheeseburger and and just when Pepper looks at him and she looks at him and says that's enough you know what she thinks but he says it's not what you think I want a press conference and him sitting and eating throughout the whole of it is funny oh yeah I I just love that he says that and then he gets off the he gets off the plane and they go immediately eat the hamburger like when he gets out of the he gets out of the limo or whatever in the next scene he's got hamburgers. <laughs> yeah. I love that well, that wasn't said, a throwaway joke. I love that it wasn't yeah. they like kept the continuity of he had to have a hamburger in the next scene. It, he said, Happy drive. Cheeseburger first. <laughs> it's so good. 
Uh, and then he got like several cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. like, he had like three of them right there. <laughs> you would too, man. Okay for weeks. I, I, I'd do that right now. I'm kind of hungry. Um, <laughs> Who needs cake? Who needs those cheeseburgers. This is this right? is my burger origin story right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm just hungry. I'm always hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. That's, that's my secret. I'm always hungry. <laughs> oh, that's my secret, Matt. I'm always hungry. Shirt rips off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too much. Sure, it's it's off, too much. It's pure fat. Just <laughs> it's like the blob, yeah, yeah. mixed with the Hulk. Oh, that's good stuff. Okay, oh. <laughs> Wobbly Boots eighty five. <laughs> Ah, sorry. On Twitter, Wobbly Boots85 had a saying, Punisher's gonna be so fucking badass! This trailer has me pumped! Yeah. That is the correct reaction yep. to that trailer. Absolutely. We're gonna, trailer we're gonna is amazing. talk about it in detail on tomorrow's cast. Uh, we're gonna really break it down. Uh, break it down. Break it down. Uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin said to us on Twitter, the way they mashed up the sound effects to perfectly fit Metallica was fucking awesome. And he specifically, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about the drums being the gunfire. The drums and the gunfire at the same time. The gunfire is the drums. And <laughs> Matt, Matt, what, the gunfire was the, the drums. What do the they match the drums up with? <laughs> It's the gunfire. <laughs> Matt, the drums are the gunfire. Matt, the guns are the drum fire. Wait, wait, I think you... The guns are the drum fire? Yes. <laughs> All right. This is turning into a dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> it's so exciting. Anyway. It really is. Uh, Matthew Wildo... 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 Yeah, Matthew, that's you go with. send us an email. No, leave it. Don't you edit that shit out. You leave that. <laughs> He will tell us. He will tell us how to pronounce his name, just like Omar Omalia did. And you still mispronounce his name. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm going to conveniently not say it right now. Uh. <laughs> okay. So Matthew said to us in an email, "Hey guys, my name is Matt. Okay, it's Matt. See, good start. I just recently started listening Guardians Volume Two, and I really love listening to you guys. So oh, thank you. I love that you love listening." Uh, I had thought after listening to the most re- or had, I had a thought <laughs> after listening to the most recent episode. Only a few of the universal abstracts have been mentioned. Eternity and the Living Tribunal, I think, are the only two so far that have been mentioned, quote-unquote. Do you think that the reason that most of these characters, most of the heroes, keep coming back is that death has a hand in preparing for the arrival of Thanos? We know he has an, an unquestionable love for Lady Death and the comics have always shown her to reject his love. I just wanted to hear any thoughts on this or about if we will ever see any of the cosmic abstracts anytime soon in the MCU. Keep up the good work. Matt. I think if we see more cosmic abstracts, it's going to be through this Infinity War. It's very Yeah, I think this is going to be kind of the the inciting incident for those abstracts to to actually come out and and have a, a voice and a purpose. Right. But also, and I think Doctor Strange. That's fair. I think any Doctor Strange movie could feature <laughs> these these uh, abstract beings or whatever. 
<laughs> Eternity, I've come to bargain. <laughs> he's just, and he's just, <laughs> he bargains with everybody. I love the idea that like we thought that was such a clever like one one of a kind ending to a movie, and then he just ends every every movie with it. He he ends every fight bargaining with them. Yeah, I love that. He's just like, all right, so I'm gonna give you fifty bucks, and then you're gonna go away. <laughs> just pays pays the demons off. Yep. I don't think that'll yep. work, man. <laughs> He's like, I've got this watch. It's a really nice watch. Um, <laughs> if you want, I can include this drawer that makes it spin when it comes out. And they're like, oh my, oh, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah, I know. You're going to leave us alone? Yeah? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to leave my dimension alone? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, BLP Custom said to us, totally unrelated to Inhumans. Here's a thought. Do you guys remember how the Winter Soldier really affected Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? It made it a very different show. I feel like they might go down that road with Infinity War. This might impact the show because of the agents going to space. I could be wrong, though, since I'm only up to season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've just heard this whole agents in space thing. Love the pod, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I think if any show is going to have a big impact, it's going. To, if any movie is going to have a big impact, it's got to be Infinity War. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Just, just like <clears throat> I don't know if it'll be uh, how, how big of an impact they've really t- tapered that down these last few movies, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I really don't know. Uh, let's see. Ar Watkinson is an email. Uh, love the show, guys. We're shot from Antioch, so you can pick one or answer them all. Thanks, I can't wait to hear your responses. Oh, good. Okay, number one. No, we're going to answer them all. This is, this is great. This is, we're going yeah, to answer man. everything. Of course. Number one, which director or director team would you pick to interview on your show? Joss Whedon, Russo's, James Gunn, John Favreau, Taika Waititi, or Ryan Coogler? I mean, I definitely have an answer to this. Mm. I don't know if the same as you. you. I think you would want to go for Joss Whedon. Yeah, for because sure. Because you would want to talk about um, all of this past stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, I just have such a long history with Joss Whedon. Uh, I, although, James Gunn's amazing. Uh, I think James Gunn's got a lot to say about the future of the MCU because they're the going so cosmic. cosmic. But John Favreau, he's the originator. Like, all these people are great. And Rousseau's obviously he's the OG. I want to say. You know what? No, honestly, I want to talk to John Favreau more than anything because John Favreau started it with Iron Man and Iron Man Two, and then hasn't done anything else since then. And the the MCU has grown and shifted and morphed and become something right. so much bigger. And I want to see what his thought on that is, especially with him talking about coming back to behind the camera in the MCU. Yeah, I'd love. Like, to see how that. is he going to handle that now? Well, Ryan Coogler is also one of my favorites. Uh, I love Ryan Coogler, uh, but. Uh, uh, all of those are great. Uh, to be honest, I don't. I haven't seen anything of Taika Waititi's. Um, which which movies? Uh, Cedar- Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I actually haven't seen any of Taika Waititi's other movies. So I don't, I don't really know anything of Taika Waititi. But I love Ryan Coogler. Um, but I'd have to go with Joss Whedon. Have to go with Joss Whedon for me. And you, you go with John Favreau. <laughs> I'd go with John Favreau, yeah. I, John he's Favreau's he's the guy that started it all. He also had us a lot of other movies. He also directed the first episode of The Orville. Did he? Yes. That's why it's so huh. good. 
that's why it's so good. It's one of the reasons. I mean, it's, it's got good writing, but like uh, they set the tone so well on that show. And yeah, he's like a producer on that or whatever. It's like that's Seth MacFarlane and uh, John Favreau. Are like it's like their brainchild, which I think that's awesome. It's really good. Yeah. So that that <laughs> that gives me reason to talk to John Favreau too. But I still have to go Joss Whedon. Yeah. Buffy, Angel, uh, Firefly, uh, Dollhouse, Doctor Horrible, Sing Along Blog, uh, all of course the Runaways, course Avengers, the Runaways, the Runaways. What do you think about it being made into a TV series? Um, like just so good. Joss Whedon's my man. He's I love Joss Whedon. <laughs> all right. Uh, question number two: Who would you rather hang out with for a day, Kevin Feige or Stan Lee? Hmm. God, that is so hard. That is such a difficult question. It's got to be Stanley oh. for me. He said, who do you want to hang out with for a day, not who you want to interview? Like, if it was an interview, I'd probably go Kevin Feige because it'd be more interesting. There's plenty of interviews of Stanley, and Kevin Feige is more about the future. But just to hang out with... Dude, I'd there was a panel at... There was a panel at DragonCon 2012, whenever I first did my Steampunk Thor um, costume where it was just Stan Lee on stage talking to somebody and taking questions and everything. It was just a big Stan Lee panel Q&A. Just him talking. Awesome. And it was the best panel I've ever been to. It was the most fun. He is hilarious. And yeah. he's a really cool guy. He's super high energy. Um, he's great. Yeah. And we don't have much time with him, yeah, if like, we're being completely honest. I might get another wish, another genie wish later, so... Yeah, um, like, I want to save my other genie wish for the one that's still going to be alive. Yeah, so Stanley, I'd have to, I'd have to hang out with Stanley. Yeah, so let's go, let's go hang out, Stanley. Uh, number three, if you had to bet your life on it, which movie happens first, Namor, Nova, or Hulk with Mark Ruffalo? Ooh, bet my life on it. Nova. I'd say Nova. <sighs> hmm. I just don't know if they're going to go Nova because they already got Captain Marvel um, and the Guardians out there. But Hulk's But the Nova Corps is already established. Namor's, Namor's never really been mentioned. Well, see, the thing is they already established it. But, yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd probably go Nova as well. Yeah. And James Gunn is talking about Nova having a bigger presence in, in Guardians 3. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. But yeah, Nova Nova was what I was leaning to. They're all good. They're all That's a really hard question. <laughs> and I think that they're not going to do a Hulk with Ruffalo just because of Universal holding the distribution rights. Yeah. For sure. And that's that's kind of a shitty reason to not make a movie. It's like, yeah. oh, we're not going to get all of the money for it. <laughs> so let's not make it. Yeah. Like, Disney, you got all the money already. Mm-hmm. Like, you got... If you've looked at any of the Thor Ragnarok trailers, they've got all the money. They've got all of my money. They, they've got all the money. <sighs> anyway. Uh, number four. If you could appear in a Marvel TV show, which one would it be, and what would you be doing in it? Uh, You got your answer? I got my answer. I don't have an answer yet. Uh, I would be uh, in Daredevil, and I would be dating Karen. <laughs> you know, uh, for, for acting purposes. Totally. <laughs> See, now you're coloring my answer. <laughs> That's why I was trying to give you a chance first. <laughs> you can't steal Karen from me. 
already, I already, mm. I already used my wish on uh, dating Karen in the show. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's it's in a TV show, so I can't just be like, <laughs> oh, well, that'd be the century, and I would be on Norman Osborn's team. Got to be um, on a TV show in Dark Rain because that would be so cool. Uh, TV show. Well, I would be the Sentry, and I would be destroying the Agents of Shield. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, hmm. That's a hard question. Yeah. Because I'm like, it would be fun to be one of the uh, one of the kid heroes in the runaways but like I'm not a kid anymore <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd have to be one of the the adults oh no <laughs> I, I could I could be a mustache twirling pride member yeah man hmm <laughs> uh, okay what is, oh, I got it I got it I got it, right, I, got go it. I got it. it agents of shield but I'm the micro that Daisy was talking about. Why wouldn't you be, be the micro on the Punisher? Because that's scary, man. Punisher's got it rough right but now. I think it's the same Plus, micro. have you seen Daisy? <laughs> you just, okay. I want to work with her. Gotcha. So our answers are similar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be doing the same thing that I do now, <laughs> just with her in the picture. <laughs> All right. Now, what do we got next? That's thank you for all those questions. That was fun. <laughs> that was that was a fun little uh, little deviation. Uh, Mister Joe Reds says to us, uh, "Here's a thought for retconning Secret Invasion by the Skrulls, given the current MCU continuity. Uh, so we have a fixed point in time with the Starks dying. What if when Winter Soldier kills them, he leaves them just like he did in the video in Civil War? Now, Shield and Nick Fury would have investigated the crime scene since Howard was a member of Shield. But when the bodies of the Starks are taken to the Shield morgue and an autopsy is conducted." The bodies then revert back to scroll form. This could then easily get covered up by Fury and kept under wraps as he investigates. Given that Captain Marvel will happen in the 90s, the timeline would line up nicely. Also, it could show that the Skrulls replaced the Starks after Howard sent Tony to boarding school. This would also give Fury a nice tie-in as the man on the wall uh, that has been keeping an eye on enhanced individuals given his interactions with the Kree, Skrulls, and Captain Marvel. Mm. Thoughts? I love it. I love it because you could bring back Tony's parents in a completely believable yeah. way because they just never died. You know that would be yep. If they like, if if they if they go off to fight the scrolls and he like finds his dad, like how cool of a movie could that be? <laughs> like that would be really cool. Um, but there's also like, there's also that that's that instance where <laughs> Tony could be like, my mom's not dead. He didn't kill my mom. Oh my god, I was such a dick. <laughs> Like I blew things up, I I pushed a friend away for nothing. <laughs> that would make kind of that whole fight not necessarily irrelevant because it's still emotional and it's it, like the the emotion, the feeling is still there because he didn't know. But like it kind of invalidates his feelings being there, you know? Like yeah. Tony, chill out. 
she's not dead. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, he his anger would probably subside about his mother's death if she wasn't dead. I have a feeling maybe she <laughs> would be dead anyway, though, or something. I, 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 I think him losing his mom is still kind of like part of his story. Oh. But man, I'd love to see him interact with his father just because he has so many dad issues. Yeah, well, what if what if his mom is actually dead, but his father was replaced? Not both of them, just oh, the father. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah, I think that's, that makes a lot of sense because of the access he would have. May, replacing her doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then yeah, there's no point. And then that still gives him the like the same like uh, pain of his mother dying in such a brutal way, but he also has the. Uh, he gets the chance to reconnect with his father, which I th- I just think that would be a great movie. It'd be like Indiana Jones three or whatever, with a uh, oh yeah, with, uh, you know that guy, Junior. Yeah, that guy, Sean Luke Connery. <laughs> God, man, you're just you're the best. <sighs> so Steven said to us, "I've been listening to you for a while." I like how you always stay upbeat, and at least one of you always seems versed in the source material. (laughs) I feel like I feel like this is this is like a setup. This is the one the one of the one two punch. Like, oh no, you're you're generally pretty good. Uh, Yep. Okay. However. I don't like where this is going. Uh, However, both of you seem to have little knowledge of the Inhumans. Oh, that's true. First, the Inhumans are not superheroes, quote-unquote, in most of their stories. They will do heroic things, but are really not superheroes. I haven't seen the show yet, but from your conversation, it sounds like they took large chunks from Inhumans by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee. Uh, This is the definitive Inhumans book. I recommend wholeheartedly that you read this book. It's not that long and will open your mind to everything that is inhuman. Also, check out War of Kings. It's not as good, but it is a fun read. Um, I actually have read the first couple of, of issues of War of Kings. It was pretty cool. Um, not something that I kept going on uh, for reasons of it wasn't free on Marvel Unlimited at the time, or the, the Marvel Comics app or whatever it was. Um, so I read the first couple of issues of War of Kings, and I was like, oh, cool, I hope they make the rest of this free. And it wasn't. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'm not as deeply versed in Inhumans lore as I am in like Thor um, or you know others. But I, being honest with you guys, again, like I said this probably like three years ago, it's all Wikipedia. I, just, I get bored at work and I start reading Wikipedia. And <laughs> if anybody's like starts messing with the Wikipedia articles for Marvel related stuff, like I'm screwed. This podcast goes down the drain real quick <laughs> if you guys screw that up. So like, let's try to keep that all on good continuity, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely know a lot more about uh, some of so certain comic stories from like watching and reading uh, things on the internet than the actual reading of the comics. I I've definitely read some comics, but uh, it's been a while. I really haven't read any comics in the last decade. <laughs> um, back when Runaways okay, was coming man. out, that was my last big comics run. I got you. I got you. Um, oh, there's one... God, there's one that I wanted to get into recently that has been really fun. I can't remember it. Oh, uh, the new Ultimate Thor. New Ultimate Thor is going to be uh, a really cool story. I don't know if it's started coming out yet or not, but like, it's at issue number one, and I want to get into it, because it's Volstag is Thor. Who is Volstag? 
uh, Volstag the voluptu- or the voluminous. The you remember uh, Lady Sif and the Warriors three? Yeah. He was the he was the hungry one. That's my secret. I'm always hungry. <laughs> okay, cool. He was the the red the red haired red bearded yeah, guy yeah, with the massive axe. Yeah, he picks up the ultimate Thor's Mjolnir and becomes the War Thor. Hmm. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he looks really cool. His the panel where they showed him like picking it up and the the monologue he gives just killer. Anyway, cool. Um, so next up, Thomas M. Gray eighty eight at Outlook dot com. Um, sorry, Thomas M. Gray eighty eight said to us, uh, sent us an email. Says hi. Just thought I'd give some feedback on Inhumans. So spoilers for episodes one and two. I really enjoyed it. The scenes with Black Bolt in Hawaii are the highlight for me, and I genuinely laughed out loud. Lockjaw and his powers look cool, and I totally agree with your thoughts about Gorgon and Karnak. Um, I definitely think the show doesn't deserve the bad press it's received. I haven't seen Iron Fist, I'm only 14, but I gather that it's at least as good as, as that was. What I think it suffered from was weird marketing. The fact that, that it was shown in IMAX, which did look incredible, probably made reviewers forget that they were watching a TV show with a TV budget. Just my opinion. Uh, the show certainly had other issues, but nothing which stopped me from enjoying it. Anyway, thanks for reading, and sorry for rambling. Keep up the good work. From Thomas Gray. Hey, thanks, Thomas. Uh, yeah, I think that's all true. <laughs> um, the, at, least, at least the stuff about the reviewers forgetting that it was the TV. I think they did a really bad job marketing that, that thing. Oh, yeah. The, the Inhumans has been poorly marketed, like, start to finish. Yeah, the, the first trailer was... Atrocious and looked horrible, and then it just it just it just wasn't 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 done well. Um, yeah, and and then yeah, the IMAX thing was weird. I heard a, I heard some some I forget what show it was on, but one podcast was talking about why that happened, and apparently like Marvel or IMAX came to Marvel and they were like, hey, we've got a we've got a two week window where there's not going to be anything in IMAX. Uh, is there anything you guys want to do in IMAX? And so that, that that made them apparently rush the first two episodes. They had to to get them in that window. They had to like finish them a lot sooner. And, uh, and so like that's part of why it's not as good. They why is it that when we hear about a TV show getting rushed, it's just the worst, and it's a Scott Buck thing? Yeah. Why and and yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know why you Scott Buck so much. When he, I don't know. I guess they'd already started it by the time they found out the reactions to Iron Fist. Uh, but I think Scott Buck is not, 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 not there. But I, I don't necessarily agree with Thomas that everything was great about the show. But uh, I think that uh, it definitely isn't as bad as all the press is getting. Yeah, it was enjoyable. It's fine. It was. It's fine. It was enjoyable. It was. It was fine for a TV show kind of thing. You know. Um, yeah. And and it, yeah, it's it's not. It's not amazing, but it's not that bad. <laughs> um, last piece of feedback, Ryan Hulsey, Hulls, Ryan Hulls, uh, says, In humans' theory, Maximus is Thane. I don't know who no. Thane is. No. No, no, no. No, I don't like this one. Okay. This is one of those theories that I just don't like. Um, Maximus is from the comics, right? Yeah, Maximus is, in the Inhumans, he is... Black Bolt's brother, like, he is part of the royal family. He's a big part of Inhumans lore. Um, is Thane can't also just do that. part of... Thane is an Inhuman? Sort of. He's the... Thane is 
um, the son of Thanos in the recent Infinity line. So the Inhumans uh, comic, you know, from recent years, I think it was like 2013 or something. Um, that one is actually also where the Cullipsidian came from. That's where Thane came uh, comes from as well. Um, the Cullipsidian are looking for Thane. Thane is Thanos' son mm-hmm. um, with an Inhuman. So he is an Inhuman, has the Inhuman gene, uh, goes through Terragenesis and gets like multiple powers from it. Um, basically becomes like the Harbinger of Death. But <clears throat> he's kind of a big deal on his own. And Maximus is also a big deal on his own. Like... I don't. Uh, you can't mix those. I don't like it. Okay. I, I like am it. unaware of either character in comics, so I am not a. I'm not one to comment really. <laughs> but, and I think I think if they do that, then that's going to be a really cheap tie-in for the Inhumans tying into Infinity War. Hmm. And I, just, I don't think that they're going to go for Thane just yet. Because, you know, Thanos... Like, Thanos had some stuff happen in in uh, in comics before Infinity Gauntlet. Like, he started off dead in the, uh, the Thanos Imperative. So, he gets sent back to Earth. Like, he gets sent back to the mortal plane. But he was dead because the Avengers killed him. Like the the Avengers had dealt with him before, and then he really became a big threat when he got the Infinity Gauntlet. Like that's his thing. That's his big story is the Infinity Gauntlet. Like don't cheapen that by giving him a son that he's looking for. Hmm. Like give us the big imposing Thanos first. Yeah. Give us the big threat, that deep dark. Oh my God, he threw a moon kind of threat. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. <clears throat> well, I have some strong opinions on yeah, that. I didn't realize I had. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. If you want to support the show, reach out at patreon.com, slash mcucast. And if you want to support my new album that is coming out in just a couple of months, hopefully, if I can get enough support, uh, go to pay, um, go to Kickstarter and search for Matthew Carroll or go to mcucast.com and click on the link um, in the sidebar or on the bottom if you're on a phone. Uh, check that out. I'd really appreciate the help. We'd appreciate the Patreon support. We appreciate all you guys who are your, are those patrons out there who are making this show happen right now. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow with yeah. some uh, Punisher uh, pu- Punisher breakdown of that trailer. We're going to watch it and just talk about every frame like we do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. You guys will talk to you tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And also, uh, if you guys want to write in and let me know if I should even go about recording the children in that uh, that D&D podcast, just, you know, let me know. Just type us up something. Let me know that you're interested. Um, until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.